Well, hey, we're in week two of a series that we're calling Frequency. And what we're, what we're talking about over these few weeks is how to, how to just cut through the noise, how to hear the voice of God, how to hear what he's saying to us. And, and I don't know if you know it or not, but when we do the Easter survey cards on, on Easter, we ask people, what, what do you want, what subject, what topic do you want to talk about? And one of the, one of the highest ranked topics every year is, how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear what he's trying to tell me? And so we're just learning how to do that, learning how to cut through the noise. And last week we talked about the importance of a prepared heart. We want to have a prepared heart. We want to have a heart that's expectant, a heart that's ready, a heart that's uh, believing God to do something incredible. And so that's especially important as we come into these 21 days of prayer. We, we want to repent. We talked about three things we, want, we need to do. If we want to have a prepared heart, we've got to repent. We've got to turn, Right? We've got to turn from the way we were going and go the way God wants us to go. We've got to change some things. The second thing was that we've got, we've got to refocus. That means maybe we have to go to bed earlier so we can get up earlier, so we can come to 21 days of prayer because it, it, it's a mark of maturity. And so maybe, maybe we need to... Uh, maybe we need to refocus in, in our diet or our eating habits or in reading the Bible and getting in His Word. Or the, the last part was to just expect God to revive us. How many of you, like, you know we need a revival personally, but we need a revival in our nation, don't we? Come on, we need a revival, y'all. So God, do a fresh work in us. God, stir us up. God, do something inside of us. Change us, mold us, make us. So, so we're, today we're in part two, all right? So before we get into the meat of the message, just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're at church today. If you're online, turn to somebody, turn to the wall, say, I'm glad you're at church today. All right, now, now I want you to turn to your second choice because it's obvious now you didn't turn to them the first time. And I want you to tell them it looks like you could use some church today. All right, looks like you could use some church. You could use a little bit of church today. Yeah. All right, well, if you've got your notes, uh, if you're here today, go ahead and pull out your notes. We've got some note sheets that you can take um, along. We're going to look at our theme verse for this, this series. It's John chapter 10, and it says that the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. So we're the sheep of God, right? We're God's sheep. We listen to his voice, and he calls us his own sheep by name, and he, he leads them out. Listen, I, wanna, I just want to say, I'm glad that God is a leading God. He's not a driving God with a whip. He's not an iron-fisted God. He's a leading God. He's showing us the way. He's saying, hey, there, here we go. Come on, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm leading the way. I'm clearing the path. He's a leading God. Verse 4 says uh, that, that when, he was, when, when he has brought out all of his own sheep, he goes ahead of them, and his, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. We should know the voice of God. We should know what he's saying. We're his sheep. We know his voice. And then the next verse says, but they will never follow a stranger. If we're the sheep of God and we know his voice, then we won't follow another shepherd's voice. We won't follow anybody else's voice because they're a stranger, stranger danger, right? In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. And so we're, we're just talking about how to cut through the noise. Now, I, I'm pretty sure my boys know my voice. 
but they sure do have a hard time listening sometimes. Any parents out there with me? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I know you know my voice. I know you hear what I'm saying right now, but why, why is it? Am I alone? Am I the only one? Okay, all right, you're watching online. You, you're with me, you got me. Like, I'm pretty sure they know my voice, but there's, like, I ask them to do something and, and it's 30 minutes later. Hey, did you do that? No. Well, I didn't know you wanted it done right now. Well, if I wanted it done later, I would have asked you to do it later. I thought we, uh, right now is when, when I asked about it, right? But check this out. There are times when, when Annalise and I will go, we'll, we'll go like to another room. We'll be talking quietly because we're talking about things we don't want them to know about. And they hear every word of it. <laughs> they come out asking questions. I'm like, what? how do you even know what we're talking about? How, do, how can you hear that, but when I ask you to do something, you, you can't hear what I'm saying? Selective hearing, right? So I know I'm speaking. I know I'm talking. My, my mouth is moving. There are words coming out of my mouth. So let me say this. God's talking. Maybe we just turn that down just a hair a little bit. All right. Uh, God's talking. He's talking. He's speaking. He's saying something, but maybe we're not listening. Are you with me? Maybe, maybe we're preoccupied. Maybe we can't hear him. So, so I feel like that's the way it is with the Lord. I'm speaking to my kids, and they're having a hard time hearing. I know God's speaking, but listen to me. I want you to know he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. He's got something that he's saying to you. And as we talk about hearing the voice of God, I want to read the story of Samuel today. I want to read this story. It's an Old Testament story. And God was trying to get Samuel's attention. He's trying to speak to Samuel. And as I read this story, I want to show you three things that Samuel does to kind of hear the voice of God. And then I want to give you four keys on, on tuning into God's frequency, okay? Four keys to tuning into God's frequency. So let's go to, to 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's 11 verses long. I'm going to give you some commentary along the way, okay? It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. He ministered before the Lord. That's the first thing I think he did right was he had the proper practice. That's the first thing I want you to get was he had proper practice. Proper practice. In other words, he was serving. He was ministering. He was doing something. He was using his gifts and his talents and his purpose. He was making a difference in the house of God. He was doing something. He, he wasn't just idle. I'm just, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm just waiting on God. No, he was, he was active. And if you're desperate to hear God speak to you, if you're desperate to hear his voice, but you feel like the heavens are brass, you feel like, you feel like he's not listening, can I just give you a suggestion? Maybe you need to go back and do something he asked you to do and you didn't do. What was the last thing that Jesus, that God spoke to you? What was the last thing that he gave you? Did you do it? Did you follow through on it? I mean, because I'm just saying if I were God, I probably wouldn't give you something new until you did something that I asked you to do, right? Now, I'm not saying God's like that, but, but, but I, I think it probably matters, Right? He wants to be able to trust us. Go back and do what he's asked you to do. If he gave you a word and you didn't follow up on it, go do that thing. Go practice it. Go, go just begin making a difference. Be obedient with what you know you're called to do. 
And, and, and it goes on to say in that same verse, verse 1, it says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. Can I tell you why the word of the Lord was rare? Remember last week we talked about the polluted heart? Well, Eli had two sons. I don't remember one of their names, but the other one's name is Phineas. So we'll call them Phineas and Ferb, all right? So she has two sons, Phineas and Ferb. I don't remember the other one, so don't hold me to that, right? But he has these two sons, and they're wicked, they're vile, they're vulgar, and they have a polluted heart. So the word of the Lord's rare. He's not speaking. There weren't many visions. There wasn't a lot happening. And, and it goes on in verse, verse uh, 1. It says, uh, verse 2 says, One night, Eli, who's, who's going blind, his eyes are so weak that he can't, he can't see, was lying down in his usual place. He's lying down in his usual place. He's just doing what he always does. Here's the, here's the second, uh, the, uh, or verse three rather. Verse three, it says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. The lamp is burning. Now the lamp was, was the candlestick. And they would put enough oil in this candlestick to, to burn into the wee hours of the morning. So this lets us know it's late at night, maybe early in the morning. But Samuel was lying down. I don't know, maybe he was having some trouble going to sleep that night, but he was, number two, he was in the proper position. He was in a place where it was quiet, where there weren't any distractions. He had, he, it, was, it was still, he turned down the world's volume. There wasn't any competing noise, and he's all ears. He's able to hear what God wants to say. He's able to hear what God's trying to tell him. And I just want to suggest that maybe if we want to hear God's voice, maybe we need to get in the right position. Just, just push everything else to the side. Get into the right position. It goes on to say in verse 3 that he was lying down, but check out where he was lying down. He was in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. One translation says he was near the ark I love that. Number three is this. Here's the third thing Samuel did was he got in the proper proximity of the presence of God. He was close to the presence of God. He knew that that's where he needed to be. It's where he wanted to be. He was getting as close as he could to the presence of God. These are some things that we can learn from Samuel. If you want to hear God's voice, man, start using your gifts. Start serving. Start looking at... at at making a difference in somebody else. Don't just think about yourself. Get in the proper position and get in the presence of God. It goes on to say that, that the Lord called to Samuel when he, was, when he was in the right practice, doing in the right position, when he was in the presence of God. The Lord calls to Samuel and Samuel answers. He goes, here I am. And he goes to Eli and he says, hey, here I am. You, you called me? I'm here, but Eli said, boy, I didn't call you. You need to go back to sleep. You ever done that, parents? No, 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 you, you're going back to bed. Come on, you know, you know you're not sleeping in here with me. Going back to bed. <laughs> Eli says, come on, go, go back to sleep. So he went and lay down. Verse 5 says, again the Lord called. Can I just get a witness? Who's thankful that God is not just a one-off kind of God? He doesn't just call one time, but he comes back again. Amen. He comes back again and he's calling Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli. 
And he said, here I am, you called me? And Eli says, hey, no, 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 I, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, go, go lay down. And so he did. Verse, verse seven says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So Samuel doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, with, with the Lord. I mean, he knows about God. He's been raised in the house of God, but he doesn't know God. The word of the Lord hadn't been revealed to Samuel yet. I mean, he, he's just a 12-year-old boy. He's a young man, and he, he doesn't know God. It probably never dawned on Samuel that that God was talking to him, that it was God. He thought it was somebody else. And so Samuel, he, he's just a young guy. He doesn't have it figured out. He's not a know-it-all. He's still moldable. He's still pliable. He's still willing to learn. He's still learning that, how God talks to him. And he probably, he probably thought that God only talks to old people. God only talks to people, you know, who, who are adults. God only talks to the priests and the prophets. God really, he, he's probably it, not talking to me. I'm not old enough. I don't really have, I, I don't have what it takes to hear the voice of God. But God comes back again a third time in verse 8 and says, Samuel. So what does he do? He gets up, he goes back to Eli, and he says, here I am. You call me? Eli says, no. And he realizes that it was the Lord calling Samuel. He realizes, man, God's speaking to this boy. And so he says in verse 9, Eli told Samuel, go and lay down. Go back to bed. And if, if he calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Hey, if you want to hear the voice of the Lord, key words. Speak. Your servant is listening. And can, can I just say that if you're the one doing all the talking... It's going to be hard for you to hear what he's trying to say. Speak, Lord, your servant. I'm listening. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm listening. So the Lord came and stood there. Notice, in all of the other times, the, it was a voice that called Samuel. But this time, the Bible says, the Lord came and he stood there and he called as the other times. This time he had to say his name twice. Samuel. Samuel's probably nervous. Eli told me it's God. What? Samuel. And, and so this time, Samuel says, he does, it, the Bible, I, I think it's kind of humorous. Samuel doesn't even say, speak Lord, like Eli said. He's probably, he's probably scared to admit that it's God talking to him. So he just says, speak. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Talk to me. What do you have to say? And in verse 11, it says, that God says to Samuel, I'm thinking to do something new. I'm about to do something in Israel that's going to make the ears of everyone who hears this tingle. Man, Lord, would you do something in America today that would just make the ears of everybody who hears it tingle? Would you send revival? Would you send hope? And so he, God gives this announcement. God gives an announcement to Samuel. See, God is an announcing kind of God, isn't he? I mean, he, he's an announcing God. He gives this announcement to Samuel, but he, he gave an announcement to Moses that 
I'm going to use you to rescue the people of Israel. He gave an announcement to Isaiah that there's a Savior on his way. He gave an announcement to Mary that, Mary, you're going to carry this Savior in your womb. He gave an announcement through the Savior of the world that there's going to be a new life-giving way you can have a relationship with the Father. He's an announcing kind of God. I am an announcing kind of dad. As I was working on this message, a few times, my boys come in, they interrupt me, crying. They've been fighting. They've been arguing. I say, if I have to get out of this recliner one more time, come on, parents, you know what I'm saying? That's an announcement. If I have to, if you come in here crying one more time, that is an announcement. I told you once, I told you a thousand times. If I tell you again, gonna whip you behind. Come on. Mm. Let's go. Everybody say, mm. yeah. Just gotta, you gotta break it down for them sometimes, right? Announcing kind of parents. I'm an announcing kind of dad. Well, one of the things I love about this story is that, that God didn't just give him one chance to hear. He came back again and again and again, and he's calling his name. He kept calling Samuel over and over until they were on the same page. I just want to remind you, he speaks. God is speaking. He speaks to me. And I'm reminded that I don't always get it right. I don't always do the right things. I don't always hear him speak on the first time. We're going to mess it up. We're going to blow it occasionally. We're going to get in the way of what God wants to do from time to time. We'll get distracted with things along the way, but God keeps calling us. And I'm thankful for that. He keeps calling us. So in the same way he keeps calling Samuel in this story, he's calling you and me. He's speaking to us. And he, he wants us to just cut through the noise. Just to hear what he's trying to say. So let me give you four, four keys to getting on the same frequency as God. All right? The num number one is this. You've got to take the lowest seat. This is a, a statement of humility. Just take the lowest seat. Take the lowest seat. Get rid of your pride. Get rid of the arrogance. And, and I think that maybe the reason why sometimes we have a hard time hearing what God wants to say is because we don't really need God in the first place. We got it all. We got it all. I've got everything I need. I mean, I, what, what do we really need the Lord to provide for us? He's already given us so much. And so, so prayer becomes the last resort instead of the first response. We've got to take the lowest seat. We've got to acknowledge, I don't have it all. I don't have it figured out. I, I, I need you, Lord. I need you more now than I've ever needed you before. So we've got to be willing to admit, God, I don't have this figured out. I need you. I need you. So humility gives you fresh ears to hear. You can hear what God wants to say. God's preparing you with humility to hear his voice. And see, God could have easily spoken to Eli, could have spoken to his sons and given him this message. And maybe he did. Maybe he was trying to talk to Eli and Phineas and Ferb. Maybe he was trying to communicate to them, but, but they couldn't hear because of the pollution in their hearts. And so... Instead, God spoke to a young man. He spoke to a 12-year-old instead of the old man. 
Come on, somebody. I know I'm not as young as I once was. I can, I can feel it when I wake up in the morning. Brother's got to put a heating pad on, right? I, I see it when I look in the mirror. Got the crow's feet. Moist, moisturizing my face. You know why they call it moisturize? Because you're moisting your eyes. <laughs> got to moisturize. Come on, moisturize. I, I see it. I feel it. I, I know I'm not as young as I once was, but can I tell you today, I, I, I want to be young at heart. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to be an old fogey. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be a grumpy old man. I want to be young at heart. I want to be young in the way that I relate to people, the way that I lead people. I want to be young in my worship. I want to be young in my faith. I want to be young in, my, in my, the way I serve, in my energy, in my vibe. I want to be young. I'm not talking about being immature. I'm not talking about being childish. I'm talking about being childlike. I want to be young. I want to be young. See, Jesus he had a run in with his disciples one time when, when they tried to keep the young people out of church. It's in Luke 18 and it says one day some parents brought their little kids to church. They brought them to Jesus so that he could touch them and bless them. So he could, so he could lay his hands on them and just bless them. But when the, when the disciples, when, when the elders and the demons, the deacon, deacons uh, saw this, so thankful that our church structure isn't like that. They, when they saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. No, oh, no, 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 we don't need to have the kids in, in big church. We don't, we don't need to bring them, uh, we, we, don't, we don't need to interrupt the master as he's teaching. We, we, don't, need, we don't need to do that. I, we're going to need you to come back another time. Not right now, it's not a good time. Don't interrupt the master. And so Jesus calls for the little children he calls for the children to be brought to him and he says hey let them let them come to me don't stop the kids from coming to church don't stop don't stop them for the kingdom of god belongs to those who are like these children it's one of the reasons why the, the the first pastoral hires that we made here were for our children and for our students because what better place for them to be than the house of God? Come on, somebody. And he says, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like these little kids, they won't enter it. They, they won't understand it. They won't be able to receive it. So here's what I'm saying is that God wants us to be pliable. He wants us to be moldable like a child. He's not looking for people who've got it all together. He's not looking for people who, 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 who are um, know-it-alls. He's looking for some people who have childlike faith who will just believe what he says, who will just go all in and, and, and just go all the way. And can I tell you that that's why growth track is important for this church. See, if, if you are the kind of person that you've got it all figured out and, and, and you, don't, you don't really need a church, you don't really need community, you know, you, you, you know it all, then, then this church is probably not going to be one that you would enjoy. It's not going to be one that you would enjoy. Growth track is for people who say, I know God's not finished with me yet. I know God has a plan for me. 
I know God has a destiny for me. I know there's giftings and there's talent and there's things that he's put inside of me that I, I, I want to use it. And so Growth Track is all about you discovering who God is and who he's made you to be and, and using those gifts and using those talents to make a difference for the glory and the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. And so when you take your childlike faith and you match it up with a passion and with a purpose, you start making a difference. Lives start being changed and people go, man, there's something different about that person. Something different about them. In fact, Growth Track is today. It's at, it's at 1130. It's all online. And so right now online, if you're, if you're watching online, you can, they're going to post a Google Meet code. It's also in the comments and, and, and the post of the, of the thread. And so you can go to Growth Track today to discover what God's put inside of you. Come on, somebody. Let's make a difference. Let's, let's take the lowest seat. Let's live humbly. That's, that's a step. That's a key to helping us get on the same frequency as God. Number two is we got to find his voice in the verse. What do you mean, Pastor Ben? you got to find his voice in the verse, in the Bible. Come on. This is the holy word of God. It's infallible. What does that mean? It means there, there, there's no fault in it. It's perfect. It is, it's holy. It's perfect. This is the written word of God. See, God's a relational God, isn't he? He likes to relate. He likes to communicate. And, and relations, relationships work best when, when there's healthy communication. And God has communicated to us. God has spoken to us. And this book, the word of God, is life. It's hope. It's peace. It's strength. Whatever you need in this life, it's in this book. It's, it's, it, it, it is an incredible source of life for us. Well, Pastor, I, I just can't hear the voice of God. Let me ask you, have you read the voice of God? I just can't hear God's voice. Have you read his voice? He's speaking through his voice. He's speaking. And if you don't have a, a Bible plan, let me, let me encourage you to get on the one-year Bible. Now, every day, every day, five to seven chapters, you've, and you'll read the Bible in an entire year. Just get on a Bible plan. Just begin to let God speak to you. If you, if you don't have that much time, the Bible app now has stories, like social media. Like you just click on it. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like an Instagram or a Facebook store. It's incredible. Get in the Word. Let Him speak to you. Hebrews 4.12 says it this way. That the Word of God, this, is living. It's not dead. This isn't just some self-help book that will help you along the way. This is the Word of God. It's living. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It, it pierces. It's, it divides the mind, will, and emotions and your spirit. It's the, it divides between the joint and the marrow. It, it discerns. How do I know God's will for my life? It discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Get in the word. Find his voice in the verse. And then number three, do this. Value his voice above everything else. Well, you know what I heard on Facebook was... Value his voice above Facebook. Value his voice above 
social media. Value his voice above your favorite news network. Well, value his voice above your political party. I'm fitting to preach. Come on, somebody. Value his voice. What does, what does it say? And then value it above everything else. Well, Pastor Ben, what do you think about all this stuff? It doesn't matter. What does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible have to say? That's what matters in this life. Come on, somebody. So let's value his voice. The world is speaking to us. The world is trying to engage our ears, trying to convince us of things. And we have to make a decision. Whose voice am I going to believe? Who am I going to value? I'm going to value the voice of God. See, I believe that Samuel valued God's voice simply because his mom valued God's voice. His mom was a praying mom. His mom was desperate for a miracle. See, his mom's name was Hannah. And Hannah couldn't have kids. She was barren. And there's one, one day in the first couple chapters before this story that Hannah is in the house of God. She's, she's praying. She's desperate. The Bible says that she's crying. She's in anguish. She, her, her lips are moving, but there's nothing coming out of her mouth. She's desperate for a touch from God, and she cries out, and she says, God, if you'll just give me a son, I'll give him back to you. I'll bring him back to you. If you'll just give me a son. And Eli, the priest, was about to kick her out of church. He was about to kick her out of the temple because he thought she was drunk. He thought she's... She's had a little too much, and she said, no, my Lord, I haven't had beer or wine. I'm just desperate. I need a move of God. I'm hungry. I, I need a, an encounter with God. And so check out what Eli says to her. He says, then go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked for. <laughs> so she held on to this word. God gives her a word through Eli May the God of Israel, Israel grant you what you've asked of him. And she holds on to it. She prays about it. She leans into it. She values God's voice above everything else. And one year later, she's got a newborn baby boy. Samuel. And she holds true to her promise. After he's weaned, she brings him back to the temple of God. And she dedicates him to the Lord. See... Samuel valued the voice of God because he had seen God move mountains. His mom had seen God move some mountains along the way. And he valued the voice of God. And faith, faith is the most practical way that we can value the voice of God. Faith is simply believing that God is going to stay true to what he said he would do. Faith is believing that it's already done. In fact, Hebrews, Romans 10, 17 says it this way, that faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of God. How do I hear the voice of God? It's right here. Value it above everything else. Faith comes from hearing this Word. And then Hebrews 1, 11 says it this way. 11, 1 says, faith is the confidence it's the confidence of what we hope for. It's the assurance of things we hadn't seen yet. It's the assurance of, of, of about 
It's about what we don't yet see. It's, it's hoping in that. And come on, somebody. We got to value his voice. We've got to place value on it above everything else. Your, your wayward son may not be home yet, but he's coming. Come on. Your spouse may not be free of addiction yet, but it's going to happen. Come on, somebody. You may not have that child that you want to have yet, but come on. That day is coming. Faith is the confidence. It's the, it's the expectancy in what we hope for. It's the evidence of what we can't see. I believe it. I believe it. It's going to happen. And number four, we just simply need to share what he says. He, if he gives you something, share it. Share it. Now, listen to me. Sometimes God speaks to you for you. But maybe more than him speaking to you for you, maybe he speaks to you for somebody else, to benefit somebody. And you share that and you have no idea what difference and how it helps and how, how it changes somebody else's life. So yeah, he's probably speaking to you for you, but hear me, he may be speaking to you for somebody else too. To encourage them, to lift them up. And one of the best ways that you can share what he says is through the, one of the four values that we have here at church, and that is small groups. It's one of the best ways you can share what he says. Well, I don't really know who, who to tell, Pastor Ben. That's why we've got to get in a group. That's why we've got to take off the mask. And we just say, God, I, I need you. I need some friends. I need some people who, who will hold me up, some people who will, who will be there for me to talk to, some people who will pray for me, some people that I can share what you're saying to me. And for some of you, it's time for you to lead, lead a group. Those of you watching online, it's time for you to, maybe it's time for you to step out and lead a group. You've got something, God's put something inside of you that he wants you to share, but you're holding it close to the vest. It's time for you to step out, to lead a group. Those of you on the dream team and, and watching online, why don't you lead a group? Why don't you just be a blessing to somebody else? Just, just share what he says. Share what he says. Now, um, as I was preparing this message, I, I began to think about when I was a kid. How many of you remember the old style radio tuners? You know what I'm talking about? The ones that had to, you, you had to dial it in. You young people have no idea what I'm talking about. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know nothing. Y'all don't know how to dial in a radio, be on the front seat of that, that vinyl seat of the Granada, trying to dial it in. It was this, had all these numbers. It wasn't digital. You didn't just press a button and it skipped to the next channel. No, it had all of these frequencies on there and there was this little red dial, little red line and and you had to, you had to just kind of dial it in. Who knows what I'm talking about today? Yeah. All you young people be like, yeah, I'm just going to listen to Spotify. Maybe Apple music that my parents pay for. Just going to YouTube music. You got all of these apps on your phone. I think it would do you some good to go back and learn how to tune a radio. Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing about tuning the radio. Was you'd be driving down the road and, and, uh, and it would start getting fuzzy. Start getting staticky. And, and sometimes, every once in a while, every once in a while, be there, be, there'd be a couple of There'd be a couple of stations trying to play on the same thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you, you got all this competing noise. It's static. You can't hear it. And you're like, man, I want to hear my favorite song. And you couldn't hear it. It was, it, was, it was going out. It was fading. And there was only two solutions. There was only two things you could do about that. One was you just, you just change the frequency. You just move that dial a little bit and you might get a little bit more clarity or maybe you just go to a whole new frequency and you start listening to something else. And I feel like for some of you in the room today, those of you watching online, you're desperate for God. You need God to speak to you. But you got all this competing noise. And I'm just saying maybe, maybe you just need to bump your frequency up a little bit. Maybe you need to bump your prayer life up a notch. Maybe you need to get rid of some distractions. Maybe you need to just change the frequency so you can hear what he's saying to you. And I want to pray for you. If that's you today, if you are desperate to hear from God, if, if you need to hear his voice, you need to hear him speak to you, come on, if that's you, would you just lift up your hand? If you're here today online, give us an emoji. A, a wave like I need to hear God's voice Father right now in the name of Jesus I pray for every person who says I need to hear your voice God Lord I'm praying for encouragement Lord that we would just begin to bump our prayer life up a notch that we just change that frequency a little bit that we would tune out the world's noise so that we could tune into what you have to say God I'm praying for those who are hungry to hear your voice that they would take the lowest seat that prayer would be the first response, not the last resort. God, I'm praying that you would touch their hearts, that you would touch their minds, that you would, you would stir up a, a fan into flame, just this new passion and new, new hunger for you, Father. God, I'm praying that you would, you would help them to find your voice in the verse, in the word, to hear what you're saying to them, God. That they would value it above everything else. They would value what you're saying. That they would lean into it. That they would trust with all of their heart. And lean not on their own understanding. But in all of their ways acknowledge you. And you will direct their paths. God. And Lord that they would share what you're saying to them. You've given them this word. It may benefit them. But it may benefit somebody else. God let speak Lord. Your servants are listening. With your head still bowed. And your eyes closed. The other way, the other way to fix the frequency problem on that old style tuner, you, you could either change the frequency or the only other way was to turn around and to get back closer to the source. You had to get back closer to the tower, closer to the signal. And some of you maybe watching online today maybe some of you in this room today you find yourself drifting you find yourself far from God you find yourself out of range you're not on the same frequency as God you can't hear what he's saying you're, 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 not, able to, you're not able to hear what he's speaking and the only thing you can do is get back closer to the source 
And if you're in person today on the Dream Team, maybe you're online and you say, that's me, Pastor Ben. Would you just, would you just lift up your hand where I can see you? I want to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. I, I got to get close. I got to get back close. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, online, if that's you, lean into this moment right now. Let's say this prayer right where you are. Say, Jesus, I'm coming back. I'm getting close to you. Would you forgive me for drifting? I'm coming back. Will you make me new? Give me a fresh start. A new beginning. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. And from this day forward, I'll live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's thank God for his word. God, we thank you for your word. We're coming back. We're coming back, Jesus. Amen.